This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com hello everyone before we get going an apology for my audio it's not the worst in the world but it's certainly not to the standard that i would prefer sorry about that hopefully you still enjoy this episode sorry Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside beautiful play that is that what a good shot Post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it, oh, deflection, and a goal! Goes to Mitchell, it's another goal! Incredible hobble! charm as the Morfuni era appoints its third head coach since the big takeover in the summer of 2021. Ben Garner came, saw, almost conquered, only to have his head turned by the bright lights of South East London in the first instance. Then Scott Lindsay stayed, thumped his chest during glimpses of promise before frustrating the heck out of us all and then having his head turned by the bright lights of West Sussex in the first instance. Now we welcome Jody Morris to Swindon Town, who signs a two and a half year deal at the club. Public well wishes include John Terry, Chris Sutton, and hopefully our very own Joe. Hello, JR. How are you? Hello, Rich. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm very well. Very pleased that we finally got somebody in the hot seat. Yes, and one that I think most people are like. This looks good. Yeah, I think that I think that we'd said it, or well, I didn't say it, but I know it's been discussed when this rumor has been floating around that this is the kind of person who probably fits the mold of you would say what we were looking for in the summer, but probably who we were looking for when we think back to recruiting Ben Garner, somebody who would fill, fulfill that you know that ex academy uh, role to a T. 
Yeah, I, I would say even if you consider what we were after, what we were rumored to be after in the in the summer of 2022, this is, dare I say, a gold standard version of that sort of coach purely of where he has come from in the youth game. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, good connections through Chelsea is the main thing you think of when you think of Jody Morris. I mean, people of our age will remember Jody Morris being like um, Chelsea's equivalent of Ellis Iandolo back in the day. He was there for quite a <laughs> quite a stretch, wasn't he? But didn't manage tons of games. I think there was a period where he managed to to break through. Um, I think was it when Claudio came in, he was not really fancied much from there. And then I think he really sort of got as many games when he went up to Scotland with our own Sam Parkin, wasn't it? But I think most people will probably know him for uh, being in the youth setup because we do have a lot of big shout-outs to the Chelsea Swindon crossover fans. and They'll be very familiar with that. Um, being in the youth setup at uh, Chelsea and, of course, assisting with Mr. Frank Lampard. Up the mighty Chelswin red and blues, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> make it a blue day at the county ground when uh, when they come and visit. That's that's what we do, don't we? If they play the liquidator before the game starts, I'll be fuming. <laughs> yeah, there is there is limits, but um... <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about Jody Morris's career, both playing and coaching, because our generation. I'm not going to pretend he's a major name, but he was certainly a mainstay around what was kind of a lopsided Chelsea era where they had some of the biggest names along with some not so big names. But let, let's go through it. Well, he was an England youth and under 21 international. I think he played his only game at the county ground representing England under 21s. The nil-nil draw with Switzerland in 1997 coming on for Rio Verdinand in the 55th minute. I was there. One of the first nil-nil draws I ever went to, even though it was seven years after my first ever game. An absolutely turgid affair. Were you at that one, Joe? Uh, no, I didn't go, I didn't go watch uh, England under-21 games. <laughs> oh, you, were, you were a child and not, like, you know, political, surely. No, I was keen on going, but I didn't get to go to that one, unfortunately. There we go. Nice, nice rewording of that. Uh, one of the final deeds of uh, Glenn Hoddle's tenure as manager of Chelsea was to give a 17-year-old Jody Morris his Premier League debut. We don't need to scratch around when it comes to looking for half-decent coaches, names and teammates that Jody Morris played and worked alongside. So he was managed by Hoddle, Rude Hullet, Gianluca Vialli and Claudio Ranieri and played alongside Hullet, Viali, Gianfranco Zola, Marcel Desai, Emmanuel Petit, Frank LeBeuf, George Weir, Roberto Di Matteo, Mark Hughes, Jimmy Foy Hasselbank, Dennis Wise, Frank Lampard, John Terry, and was sometimes, Joe, in a three-man midfield with Didier Deschamps and Gus Poyet. So, yeah, calibre. Yeah, not a bad company to be in. I mean, I remember him sort of circa, what, 96, 97, when used to read the likes of Match Magazine. And again, for the younger ones, before we had the uh, unbelievable techers, we had total skillage in Match. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But he was he was the wonder kid of Chelsea that used to be written about in those sort of glowing, hushed terms, wasn't he? He was the mm. one to watch back then. Yes, he was. he was. He was everywhere, but never in the highlights, really, when you watch Match of the Day. And Match of the Day back then was such a smaller package than what we get now. It was a couple of 
games with extended highlights and then you would get like a little montage of goals elsewhere. That was particularly damning a couple of years before when Swindon were in the Premier League. Yeah, it was a little bit more like if you watch things like um, Football League Show or FA Cup highlights, the, some of the games are sort of condensed literally to two or three minutes, weren't they? They're very tight. Oh, not even that. Just goals sometimes. Just Gerald Sinstad just uh, maybe giving us a couple of chances and the goals themselves. Um Glory days, I suppose. Absolutely. Loved a bit of Gerald back in the day. <laughs> Things kind of went wrong. I mean, if you believe his Wikipedia page, I've not looked at the, uh, I've not drilled in to the source, but he was, he, he rejected a five year contract at Chelsea and went and moved up north to play for Leeds United, playing only half a season, playing alongside wee James Milner. And then, kind of surprisingly, he dropped to the second tier of English football with Rotherham. Uh, for the second half of that very same season. Dennis Wise then signed in for Millwall, where he played a few seasons before moving up to Scotland to play for St Johnston, where he had close to four years. It's also where he got his first taste of senior coaching after Derek McInnes uh, was sat and when they were going through the interim phase, he was helping out there. He ended his playing career at Bristol City, playing a few times before moving into coaching in 2014, assisting within their under-21s and under-18 setup before becoming the head coach of the under-18s in 2016. Uh, he won two FA Youth Cups and assisted in the development in a host of high-profile names. A few years back, when he joined Derby County, the Derbyshire Telegraph interviewed Oliver Harbord of Football London, who said the following... The Chelsea under-18s have really flourished under Morris and won the treble last year in 2017, following it up with the quadruple this season in 2018. In his two seasons of being head coach, they won 59 matches and lost just five times playing exciting and attacking football. The Blues have the strongest academy in the country and one of the strongest in Europe, but Morris's style of play makes them so exciting to watch. He wants his team to play possession football, but with a purpose, not just knocking it around from side to side, but looking to pass forward and into players' feet to get them on the front foot. The other benefits has been the way he sets his team up. They have used a variety of 3-4-3, and even 4-4-2 when needed, meaning that he has good experience and knowledge of different formations to adjust to situations that's music to my ears joe i think there'll be music to uh to the board's ears as well that's exactly you know the kind of the kind of approach that we're looking for aren't we yeah we want to play uh you know attractive attacking possession based football and that suits the that certainly suits the recruitment strategy as well that that adaptability as well you know we've not been too fortunate in things like uh, injuries or availability across the year. And we've had games certainly under uh, the Scott Lindsay tenure, that era where things might not be necessarily working out and just waiting to see some kind of a change. But it seems like he's, he's confident to experiment a bit and find what fits. And that's certainly something that uh, I think we desperately need. Uh, he moved into senior football by joining Frank Lampard's Derby County as assistant and then on to Chelsea with Lampard afterwards. He's worked as an assistant in 141 senior games, including Champions League, an FA Cup final and even experience of the EFL playoffs too. Sadly, the latter two points for him were both losses. 
I've heard comparisons to Scott Lindsay in terms of inexperience in the main job when it comes to Jody Morris, Joe, but in terms of their background and their CV, it's chalk and cheese. Yeah, it's not really not really the same, is it? I mean, when you're when you're you're following and you're assisting someone with the profile of Frank Lampard, and we know how it almost worked out at Derby County, it's hard to look back now and you know see them in League One, but just to consider just how close they were to actually actually doing it and getting that that promotion, which of course is probably where is it Mel Morris had plundered all of that money into into the club for for naught and then decided to turn the tap off. And I think that perhaps this is symptomatic of modern football anyway, and because Frank Lampard is such a big personality that he was already always going to get an attractive offer after missing out on promotion like that. And it's almost, unfortunately, he got offered perhaps the biggest job he could have uh, just over a year into management, wasn't it? And it was always going to be a, a tall order and a tall ask, especially considering where Chelsea were, you know, financially, where they'd found themselves you know, in the pecking order of the Premier League. He had big shoes to fill, and I'm not sure that, you know, it was ever going to be feasible for him to do it after just 30 months of experience. And when you're when you're attached to someone and joined at the hip as an assistant, I guess your, your employment prospects kind of tie in with what they're doing. And no, he didn't join in when... Lampard got the job at Everton, so I assume there was a, a shift somewhere there that that relationship professionally um, was not there anymore. Yeah, we, we don't know what the relationship with Frank Lampard is. He didn't follow him up to Merseyside with Everton, probably the, the right decision. And a lot of people will be maybe suggesting that the lack of Jody Morris might have been a factor behind the failure of Frank Lampard at Everton. But I think that's a rather simplistic view, although one that I have heard, um, they might have fallen out. It might have been that he didn't want to move to the northwest. Who knows? But it, it's our benefit. And I, I don't think Jody Morris is at a stage of his career now where he necessarily needs Frank Lampard to, to be working in the game. This is now his time. No, yeah, it could be. It could well be that he was actually waiting for an opportunity like this to come along somewhere where he could actually prove himself, and you know, perhaps was not not professionally satisfied enough being an assistant, and wanted to actually take the helm somewhere. So, um, you know, you get you get well remunerated as a as a manager, a coach, as a player. I'm sure that he had the um, you know, the, the financial security to choose his options wisely. So we we could be positive and say maybe this was the sort of opportunity he was looking for all along. Well, here's hoping. This is what Jody Morris told Swindon Town Football Club. This is a great opportunity at a wonderful football club that is steeped in history and I can't wait to get started. My footballing philosophy is completely aligned with that of the club and upon meeting Sandro... I was presented with a strategy and vision that I'm really keen to be a part of. I'm extremely proud to be leading such a forward-thinking club with an owner and technical director that are passionate and committed to bringing success here. We now turn our attentions to an important 19 league games with promotion at the forefront of our ambitions. And we want to take this incredible fan base on a long 
and successful journey. It's almost, Joe, as if they've used the same template for three coaches now. And <laughs> oh, the hierarchy don't have love of mention, do they? Uh, I, well, I thought something had tickled you a bit there. Um, yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you mean. Yes, yes, yes. It, could, it, it does seem a bit, a bit of a boilerplate answer to give. I guess I'm kind of thinking that, yeah, with all due respect to Scott Lindsay, um, he was maybe not necessarily in a position to uh, to steer the ship quite as much in that, you know, this was his his first opportunity into management and that if you're operating that kind of model, you either have to take what's offered to you in terms of players and recruitment and lump it, or you can actually put your head above the parapet and have a say. Now, I don't know whether he actually did or didn't, but one would imagine that if you're coming with that that calibre and reputation, and you only need to look at all of the various news outlets that have picked this up and run with it, like some talk sport and sky sports news that have you know, made this a, a featured story that you'd have the, the clout and the nouse to say yes or no to things. And perhaps that kind of um, quality check would be useful for us going forward. Mm, yeah. Um, a few listeners, quick reactions to this, Matt Anderson, great news, Lee, great appointment, a batch, Suck it and see. Uh, can see why the club appointed him. Certainly signals intent. Has at least been a first-team assistant, so hopefully is wiser than an academy coach stepping up. Lucy says, outstanding appointment. Ocus Rose says, buzzing. Plenty to discuss on Fools Rush In. On Pete Marsh says, happy as long as Compo for moving on is at least half a million quid. And Steve says, happy with that. If I'm honest, that was the vibe check. We appreciate it all. So, Joe, what's your feeling? What's your mood? What's your vibe? Going good vibes for me here. I think that when we think back to how long it's taken, and I think we were all kind of surprised that after after the debacle of the summertime that there'd be a protracted manager search again. Um I did think that maybe that there'd at least be some feeling out or some preliminary conversations going on, especially with uh, Lindsay's position being a bit precarious. Then by a happy accident, you know, there was an offer for him and, you know, he could go to another job with a bit of compensation money, which was ideal. And then nothing, nothing for a long time. We didn't even get any plugging of games, didn't get your Chippenham game plugged, just a wall of silence for a while. And we've gone through this merry-go-round and so many names floated out there. I think now that we're here and we're at the end, we've recruited someone you know, of that, of that status. I'm always feeling like it was worth waiting. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I think given the weight that we had, it's a good name to have. It's not the name. It's the pedigree really for me. I, 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 cannot find huge flaw in this and I've not really searched because I'm generally quite happy with what's happening here and you know what it might it might fail insanely badly uh, but that's not the way to look at things I think on face value what we have here is as I've said a million times as you've implied this is exactly what they wanted in terms of a head coach 
it's looking like the way that the squad is evolving. It's going, it's getting younger and younger in terms of average age. And it, it kind of feels a little bit like, dare I say, what was happening in the early stages of the Lee Power era where, you know, he might have been doing stuff behind the scenes, but he was at least trying on the football front where he had his relationship with Tottenham Hotspur. And if we have a similar relationship with Southern clubs, especially in London, those who won't make the grades at the highest level or they won't get first team football at the highest level unless they stick around until they're 23, 24, hopefully, hopefully Jody Morris being here, even if it's just for a year, will attract a higher standard of player. I mean, Marcel Lavinia, he's played for Jody Morris at Chelsea and has said, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing for Swindon. And I think that's that's the thing to look forward to, isn't it? The, the sort of calibre that Jody Morris could pitch up for Dima Cayley to bring to the football club. If we're looking over how this window has gone and or how the season has gone um, in general, you've had uh, Tom Clayton at the beginning of the season, now Jake Kane in January come over from Liverpool's academy. Both people who have chosen to quit the academy to join Swindon rather than being released similar to uh, Lavinia at Tottenham, and also you know, rumours of another circling about now. So if you've got a link with Tottenham or a contact at Tottenham, if you've got a contact at Liverpool, and Jody Morris can put a word for in for you at Chelsea, that's a very strong hand to have in League Two, isn't it? We, we, we haven't had confirmation yet on the assistant, but present at the game at the county ground for the 3-3 draw against Ginningham, he looks a little bit like Cy Ferry's pal, Slaney, which scared me half to death because that guy, man, he's wild, isn't he? <laughs> but Ed Brand, an Arsenal fan, uh, he was a Chelsea youth player who featured in the same Chelsea youth side as Anthony Grant and was coached by Brendan Rodgers. He went on to the American collegiate system, majoring in journalism with political science, playing three seasons with San Jose State Spartans before retiring and pretty quickly rejoining the Chelsea youth system as a coach. He's been assistant to both the under-18s and the under-21s at Chelsea before becoming under-18 head coach in 2019. There was an interview on YouTube where Ed Brand was bigged up heavily by Jody Morris, and I'm sure we'll see it again. I imagine it got removed because the T's haven't been crossed and we're still waiting for the lowercase J's to be dotted. But there's a lot of noise, Joe, about the importance of Ed Brand here. And to get somebody who is so entwined in the Chelsea youth system to abandon their very, very cushy role and probably very, very well-paid role at Chelsea to become assistant manager at Swindon is no mean feat. Absolutely not. Yes, that YouTube video is going to go a bit like the um, the Charlie Austin Sky Sports News video, uh, the interview, isn't it? You know that clip of um, your man from Star Trek on uh, Beyond Belief? It never happened. I'm just thinking of <laughs> that famous meme going on there. Um, yeah, if you've got somebody who's literally coming from Chelsea under-18s, hey, if Jody Morris wasn't the head coach and someone said, we're getting this guy, Ed Brand, to have the head coach job, where's he from? He's from Chelsea. People, Ooh, okay. That would that would impress. That would fit the mould of what we want. So to have 
to have two and to have one that's you know from the current setup almost just feels greedy, isn't it? Kids in a candy shop. Yeah, and it's just it's the pure fact that these two know each other. It's it's more than just you know I've got my my pal. You know, Lindsay and Day. I don't think ever worked alongside each other, and even before. Ben Garner, I don't think, worked with Marshall and Lindsay before, but what we have here are two people that have years of knowledge of each other and working relationship, which could be huge. And then we have Mad Gav and, and Steve Mildenhall ready to support and tell them what Swindon's all about. Only question is, how many missed calls do you think Sandro's had from McCurdy today? <laughs> I imagine he's just had a bunch of uh, text messages just saying up the Chelsea. Yes, probably sentiments to that. Um, yeah, all for it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? You know, being positive in that. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly comes usual, especially especially around this time of year. It's not usually a, uh, a positive time. It's more It's more subdued, isn't it? I just want this to work. You know, I, I just, I really, really do want this to work. So, Joe, what do you think the short-term goal is? Is it simple? Is it get us out of League Two ASAP and then be turned by the bright lights of somewhere else? As long as we're out of this division, who cares? Or dare we dare we dream of stability? Um, I think a dream of stability for Swindon. Unfortunately, any kind of promotion push is going to put you in that in that window, and we know. Yeah, from last year's League Two campaign, that that can be enough to turn your head. I mean, you had your man from Forest Green get his dream job at Watford. Garner was apparently <laughs> on his way off before, you know, we'd even done our shootout. If you uh, listen to certain rumours online, and um, yeah, that is something that's going to come with the territory. I think that when we talk about like this model of developing players and yeah, building them up, selling them on for a fee. I think that if you're in an established League One and the progression is a little slower, I think that people might be a bit more receptive to it. But at the moment, yeah, feeling like you know, we're stuck down in the basement division, it, I don't know if it's a perception thing, but I went to um, Wickham Oxford the other week when the Stevenage game was off. And just the whole feel and vibe and you're going in uh, into the stands at halftime to get your... Bovril or whatever and you're seeing the games that are on that evening and League One is a big feature of that that's almost like the last level of of wider relevance it seems like um, it's almost like a like a separate second championship now isn't it but I think that if you've got that slow and steady model with things like buying and redeveloping the ground which I think we're hopefully going to get some news on contracts exchanging in the next few days or something like that. I think that 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 slow build will be more welcomed there. So whatever happens, I think we need to just get our lead to first. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm realistic as to what happens in this industry if a head coach or manager is doing very well, but the club have at least protected themselves by giving him a two and a half year deal instead of an 18 month, for example. Yeah, and then we'll give it to Ed Brand after six weeks. <laughs> oh, no, don't. Don't do it. I'm in a good mood until the next episode, which will be about <laughs> transfer deadline day, which I don't I don't know how I feel about that yet, but we'll, we'll focus on Jody Morris. This is very much initial 
thoughts. Uh, we're yet to hear him in the press conference and, and listen on video content and things like that. So we look forward to it. But I just really, really yearn for a little bit of stability on this front. And I'm sure the club do too. In order to manage 100 games as a League One or League Two manager or head coach, all you have to do is preside over two full seasons. Because that's 92 league games guaranteed, two FA Cup games guaranteed, two EFL Cup games guaranteed, and then six EFL Trophy games guaranteed. That's 102 games. We've not had a manager get to 100 since Mark Cooper. And he left eight years ago this year. And of course, Jody Morris couldn't get to 100 this year if he wanted to. So we'll get to eight, nine years without having a manager that's managed 100 games or more for Swindon. And I think that's becoming a rarer and rarer thing, much like playing 100 times for Swindon. But I I still, maybe I'm old-fashioned, I still think the key to progression and, and moving up is to have the stability of a head coach that's here in the long run. I, I know that probably the data and the science and the facts don't back that up, but it still makes me feel warm at night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the, the grass is not always green, and we can attest to that in terms of, you know, Garner got his opportunity at Charlton. I know that there's you know, a lot of a lot of moving parts going on with their chairman and their expectations and things like that, and it, it didn't work out, and he was gone before Christmas. But also being an assistant to Frank Lampard, Jody Morris, you know, being there in the Derby setup and following him over to Chelsea, he's always seen that Icarus effect, you know, for for himself and that it might might have kind of uh, inspired him to be a little bit more considered about how he takes his own coaching career in, not just sort of jumping for the first bright lights. Because if you... It's the same as with with players where we've been talking about, you know, transfers and rumours of certain players going on and that developing people or you know building a reputation for yourself is fine, but if you hold on a little longer and you can get a couple of seasons under your belt, then the opportunities are going to just be wider for you, aren't they? I definitely felt that when uh, Wellings was in charge and we had rumours of then, you know, Doncaster and. Blackpool or people like that being interested and these were rebuffed until Salford City came calling and he wanted to cosplay with the United lot because he's a big (laughs) Red Devils fan. I don't know what might have been his motivation for that. But before then, it seemed to me that that would be a considered move and that didn't work out particularly well. And now he's got his opportunity at Orient uh, because he went to Doncaster after that, so he was just kind of almost grabbing at jobs, wasn't he? So you can find yourself in a bit of a free fall if you don't make considered moves. I know it's a difficult job because there's no necessarily um, loyalty, and if if you got a bad run of form, you're going to be out of work. But uh, I think there is something for uh, I like the blackjack analogy Dave had the other week in the in the pod. You know, just sort of holding your holding your own and um, choosing to stick and twist. Oh, my goodness. I hope this goes well because I'm really looking forward to it. Still always guarded, but I'm, I'm, I'm really, really intrigued to see how the remainder of this season is going. And the fact that, you know, 
you know me, Joe, I'm, I'm quite nosy. I'm always asking questions to people within or have good contacts. And very simply put, somebody who's very well connected just said to me, these guys mean business. And oh, that'll do. That certainly will do. <laughs> well, you're going to Newport. I'll see you there. Uh, looking forward to a uh, a first viewing of the Jody Morris era. We certainly am. Yes, we'll see it for ourselves on Saturday, and hopefully, we'll be uh, we'll be saying that all our dreams came true. Here's hoping, Joe. Thank you very much. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 